damn, I should have had a party whistle. <laughs> you know, or a party <laughs> popper or something. Episode six, I, I mean, it's not it's not 500 and it's not 1,000, but it's 600. It's a, it's a, it's a point zero release. It's a full it's point amazing. release. Yeah, it's a not point release. It's a, it's a point... It's a hundred, you know what I'm saying, it's a hundred. It makes me, I've got one quick question then, Nick. Like, who is the uh, who is the vocalist on your theme music? Uh, I think it's AI. I think it was done, um, I think it's actually been, um, you know, it's like somebody typed in. I, I, I'm really trying to remember who, whoever won the competition last time, which I cut, is such a long time ago, and I've been asked to do another one. I should, but... Before yeah. we get there, perhaps I should just Sorry. say what this podcast is about, which is about electronic music, music production, uh, synthesizers, software, sound, movies, you know, the whole thing to do with the audio AI. world, AI, all of that stuff. <laughs> uh, so yeah. uh, welcome, everybody. Want to say hello to everybody in the chat room, that episode 600 chat room. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I've been there. People put, I, I asked what are, what pieces of gear have got 600 in the title. So I've got a few to throw in there. And uh, we've got our, our, our old school IR. IRC chat room. Uh, so we've got two forms of chat room, and of course we're streaming live to Facebook as well and to Twitch, uh, which we do every week as long as the various technology. I do all three of them just in case one of them doesn't work. Which you'd be surprised how often YouTube is always really good, but Facebook occasionally balks, and uh, Twitch balked a couple of weeks ago. So you know it's just multiple streams, multiple possibilities. So anyway, let's say hello and welcome to our guest. We've got a full panel this week, and we'll start over there in seventy C. Land with uh, Jamie hey. Liddell, who is uh, are you, and he's probably going into a really nice kind of authentic 1970s uh, signal path as well. Oh, I'm not, but I'm going into a browner VMX <laughs> into a into a retro state level, then going into an Oxford suppressor, a UAD LA2A followed by a UAD Pultec going not, into well, the it's ball. sort of sort of 70s, but it's but virtual kind of 70s. It's virtual. It's kind of mixed between virtual and tube. But um, it's good to see it. Nick, I just want to take a second to celebrate you because, I mean, even oh. that initial thing where you've set up so many ways for the community to get involved, we salute you, man, out in the community. You, oh, you're doing you. an amazing service for the audio world. So 600 episodes, man. Having just started doing a podcast, I'm only up to episode 60. It's a hell of a thing. So uh, just respect. Thanks, man. Well, when you get to 600, you'll probably look as uh, knackered and worn out as I do. <laughs> uh, but Jamie Liddell there, the Nashville, of course, a songer, a sing -songer, yeah, singer, a songer, a songwriter, I'm a song, producer. Um, you've been, you've been, we haven't seen you for ages. What have you been up to? Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it, this coincides with another part of my life, um, obviously living in the 70s. <laughs> I've got to sort of keep up my sort of sports regiment. And so... And that's know, a Wednesday that's afternoon, generally. Serious, partly not serious. But yeah, it really is an awkward time. So uh, ah. I just kind of forfeited it because I thought episode 600, I've got to represent. So, nice. You know, yeah. Oh, well, I hope you're not injured or anything. And that's why you're taking time off. You're just, <laughs> just being, just being <laughs> no. a, a, a good chap. a fair deal. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad, glad to hear it. And uh, we also have Mr. Dominic Hawken, uh, who uh, has he's started a kind of camera arms race here at, uh, on episode 600. He popped up and was like, oh, my God, look at the resolution on that. <laughs> Dominic Hawken, of course, snuggle sound. Uh, look at the wide producer. angle on that lens. 
So, yeah, he's got his uh, DSLR Beautiful. plugged in, which looks lovely. So I plugged mine in, which doesn't look quite as good, but looks better than normal. So we kind of kind of we got a bit of one upmanship going on. Dominic Hawken, uh, thank you for joining us. I see you've got all your blinky lights on, which really do look good in out of depth, out of out of, uh, out of focus depth. Yeah, no, I've got, I'm going to do some more YouTube stuff because everyone's at it. So I thought, I know I'll try out my old DSLR camera and uh, plugged it in and it looks amazing i'm really really shocked so like i said i just need a shame about the subject matter really so I'll just get a bit of gauze to soften the uh soften <laughs> the focus a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh just a, just a bag really <laughs> <laughs> cover your head in vaseline well you can all, uh, there's a top tip for you, you, and a, you, you find like lots of youtubers are doing it just go with the overhead shot and then everything's fine. Oh. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Okay. Ever. Right. I'll fly, I just, fly a drone around the around the. You just uh, need to get your hands the... in shot over the over the table. <laughs> That's it. Anyway, John, thank you very much for joining us. Thank and uh, we also have uh, Miss Tori Letzler, who uh, you may remember for last week. Uh, she actually liked it so much she came back for more. Actually, I know uh, seriously that uh, you, you're in the studio working. Uh, Tori is a composer, media composer, amongst many other things. And uh, and singer, uh, sorry, I've got to mute that tab. I'm getting some notifications. So uh, you're in your studio because last time you were in your kitchen. So uh, yeah, I'm in my kitchen. <laughs> I'm not not in my kitchen this time. I'm in my studio, and I'm on my very fancy iPhone. I gotta up my setup here because uh, <laughs> it's not, say, not it's quite as nice no, as the the camera's pretty good. <laughs> but if you're on your iPhone, you know that means that you've got to now pick it up and show us around your studio because uh, we've not seen it. So uh, I can see the corner of a desk there. Uh, I, I don't know what desk. You're, oh no, that's your okay. Oh right, okay. So we have two rooms here, and they both have uh, built-in pianos. Woohoo! Nice. Um, yeah, the sub 37s back here. Got the Prophet Rev Two, the MS Twenty, uh, the new one, not not an original. And then just got a new Eurorack case, Fotec. This thing called the moisturizer, which we just bought. And then, woo! Hitting my, my mic back here. String, string, string instrument. <laughs> Yeah, I got the board, mini log pedals, my favorite mic. Ooh, my Flea 47. I love this thing. Yeah, there's some guitars. So th oh, this God. is your workroom, essentially. Have you got li live areas as well, or are you just kind of pretty much working in the control room? So we have, this is the bigger of the two rooms. We have this room, because uh, my husband and I work together. Um, then we have a smaller writing room upstairs, which has some more synths in it. And then there's a live room here as well. Oh, nice. um, but I actually do most of my vocal recording in here because I use, uh, I don't know if you can see this retro, the uh, the power strip that's got a really good compressor and EQ in it. Ah, uh, okay. Um, I do that, and I don't like unracking it. So I tend to just mm -hmm. do all my vocal recording in here because it's a dead room. It sounds nice. Nice. What are the monitors I could see over there? Are they, uh, are they Gen Electric? Neumann. No, the monitors? Oh, uh, yeah. Ah, interesting. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, we have these are the four tens. I want to say upstairs we have the three tens for the smaller room. It could be wrong about that. But cool. So uh after we bit finished, then you you're gonna have to get straight to work. So you'll have a full day of uh slogging away at your, your latest project, right? Yeah, it's eight AM here. Uh this afternoon I have a spotting session for a new film that's probably gonna take up the majority of my day. So <laughs> 
Oh, it'll be a, a remote spotting, spotting session. session. Yeah, what, what, what's a spotting session? Yeah, we, we don't know. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so spotting session, uh, when, you, when you start a film or a television show, anything that has picture usually, um, you sit down with the director, producer, uh, people from the network, and you watch the film in its entirety that usually has temp music in, and you kind of spot basically... Uh, the best way to describe this i've made a cue sheet in advance with the old cut that i have that has the markers for where the temp comes in and out um, and then we sit down and have a discussion about the music what's working what's not working in the temp music where we would like music where music should be taken out the overall tone of the film discuss the film the characters and timeline etc um so it's oh, basically how- like the kickoff for scoring that sounds like a really sensible idea because then, well, we were all in the same room and we agreed. I heard you say when they <laughs> yes, come back, I'm, no, no, yeah. I'm sure. Do you record it as well so that you could use it as evidence later when they start changing their minds? Yeah. I haven't. Uh, well, that's not true. I have in the past. This one we're going to do remotely, so I guess I could record it because everybody's uh, going to be phoning in on this program called Zoom. So uh, okay. I wonder if there's a way to like record that, but... <laughs> just as a safety net. I'm sure it won't be necessary. There'll be <laughs> lovely clients. They'll love everything you do and go, fabulous, that's great. Uh, we, uh, yeah, we just have to recut the movie. Yeah, but that, that sort of stuff happens. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's not my fault. So. No, I know it's not your fault, but it does impact on your workload, of course. There's the... Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, slightly. Well, uh, anyway, right. Okay, so let's... Uh, well, one thing I wanted to say, so episode 600, I was thinking, I was racking my brains for uh, items of gear with 600 in them. We do this occasionally. I, do, I Every once in a while, mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, uh, I, I think I did it for episode 414, for instance, you know, for microphones, whatever. So, uh, uh, so far, I came up with Profit 600, uh, the Dave That's Smith, well, sequential Profit Six Hundred. Uh, Wagyu came up via the uh, chat room, uh, the IRC chat. Came up with um, the Akai VX Six Hundred, which is a sort of analog synth, <laughs> and also there's the Roland CSQ Six Hundred. I wonder whether any of our uh, esteemed guests have got any other Six Hundred. Ge- I think there's very few, actually, if I'm honest. But I- I'm going to open it up to the floor. Any other Six Hundreds? Obscures. Is there an Akai six thousand, and you scribble out the, the last. Yeah. Bit. Okay. Well, I don't. I think if I made it to episode six thousand, then yeah. there's going to be something oh, yeah. wrong. Oh, don't say that. No, it's, I it's will be good. a brain in a jar at that point. I expect. Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, Futurama. I can imagine. We need to save this clip for when that actually happens. <laughs> well, we could actually probably work some sort of like overlay, which just put yeah. green screens us all into jars. There's anyway. I'm not sure there'd be much point, but yeah. So, like I say, it's quite it's quite slim pickings on the 600. I see Tori, your your cogs are whirring and you're looking around, but I don't know. There must be a Euro rack with a 600, a module with a 600 in it somewhere. Uh, oh, I'll, hold on, DJ I'm mixer. If I have anything. DJ mixer, Pioneer DJM yeah. 600. There's yeah. one. That's uh, yeah. So, that, but that's as far as we got. Anyway, um, let's get on to uh, some topics now. What did I get? What did I find? I found this. Um, yeah, this this guy. Where is it? Mix the music. So this is. Uh, oh, I had a video, didn't I? I'll play the video. That's probably the best thing to do. Mix the music is a new online store specializing in multi-track audio files that allows producers, mix engineers, musicians, and fans to legally download, listen to, and remix songs using the original multi-tracks as recorded by major artists and composers. It's a backstage pass to the individual tracks that make up great recordings. 
The store has hundreds of hit songs, film, and video game score cues to choose from. Create your Mix the Music account today, and be sure to check back on the site frequently for... Oh, that's just starting to sound like an ad. That was not the intention. Uh, uh, yeah, so I didn't know about this. I just suddenly came up against it. It, it, it was a, a, me, a web... Uh, it was a news item on our site, and it's basically what it says. I think it's linked to Persona, so it's linked to your Persona Studio One, so you can you can hook it up and then you download these special projects which allow you to explore. This is the key, the multi-track. I'd not been aware of this before, and they've got quite a lot of stuff, but you can't export anything and you can't mix down an, an, an export, so you can only use it in real time. I mean, obviously, you could plug your audio interface into another audio source, or, or I'm sure there are ways, let's just say, but the idea is that it's, you know, rights man. but it's an interesting idea. I don't know whether, I mean, because sometimes when you get a multi-track, particularly when you're starting out and you maybe not had any experience with it, you know, you can see how things are put together, how messy or clean or, you know, how much happened in the mix and how much happened in the session. I mean, I know, uh, Jamie, we've talked about the moment, haven't we, a lot, when you did that uh, we did that special on the Capitol uh, Chambers uh, oh, yeah. thing that you did, and, and and this kind of this could be really useful for for people wanting to find that stuff out. Or do you do you think there's a risk of it all becoming a little bit too exposed? Copyright. Well, like here in the seventies, we just we just give each other the tapes, man. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, ultimately, it would be kind of sweet. I do like that. You know, I always remember that thing with Steve Albini being interviewed and they're saying, all right, Steve, what's with all the tapes? It's going, all right, you try to go to a session from 1990 and just I'll race you, see how quickly you can bring your multitrack back. He goes to the archives, grabs the tapes, whaps on the machine and hits play. And everyone else is scrambling around and and trying to find a scuzzy hard drive that's compatible with uh, Pro Tools for, do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. then you've got Echo Farm missing, and you just basically can't play it. So he's kind of having a laugh. Good archiving. So I mean, I don't know. I like. I man, a little bit off topic, but I've learnt loads going through multi tracks. I mean, I think as everyone who is on the internet regularly knows, these multi-tracks have been around for ages. You know, everyone's heard the Marvin ones and, you know, there's plenty of Queen and Beatles and everything out there already sort of in the naughty lands. But, uh, man, one of the things I always found, and it really inspired me, was listening to the the Motown multi-tracks. Something like What's Going On, you know, it's a pretty epic song. And when you think about it, it seems really lavish and slightly out of reach but if you mute like the vibes and the strings and the sort of luxurious elements and you just listen to the rhythm section playing you know in that famous motown room it's beautiful because they play so well but sonically it's manageable so it gives you kind of hope and you kind of learn that it's not really about the sound it's more about the way they're playing and the parts they're playing so yeah, those multi-tracks are invaluable learning tools, especially just for arrangement knowledge. And yeah, I mean, I think people can learn tons from them. Ten bucks for one is yeah, they're, crazy. They're, it's not expensive. Yeah. Is it? I wonder how that works. In yeah. fact, look, here's what uh, now here's one I saw and I was tempted. Uh, I was going to buy it before uh, I realised I needed Studio One, which I don't have installed. The Temptations' Papa was a Rolling Stone as multi-track. I mean, wow, because that is an yeah. epic production. Or maybe any Jeff Lynne. I wonder if there's any ELO. God, I'd love to see how he managed to put <laughs> no, no results. 
Um, I know, Tori, because you, you, you studied uh, film scoring at, uh, um, I don't know where you actually studied it, but sorry, I haven't been stalking Berkeley. you, but I'm, you did say it last time. So did you get to kind of open previous sessions to see, you know, how maybe uh, existing people worked or you just had to go straight in and decide? Um, no, at Berkeley, I did not. But there is a, a really fun like community or groups of communities in L.A. that kind of get together and do this for fun. Uh, I've gone to one once, uh, kind of like what Jamie was saying, that people have already have some of these queen tracks and there's some stuff floating around. Um, I went, I want to say two years ago, uh, it was a group up in the hills and basically everyone goes to this party and they, they sit and they, they take apart exactly that and analyze it and everyone discusses it was super interesting um so i think for you know educational purposes i think this is a good idea it reminds me a little bit of the website beatport that um edm artists currently yeah. use for remixing i was stems, artists will I got upload stems, their stems. yeah it reminds me of that idea just obviously a different way but i always think stuff like that is really interesting i think it's nice to have an advantage to kind of look through that stuff anytime you're looking through somebody else's projects or stems you're going to learn something because everyone does something completely different especially if it's from you know 70s 80s 90s where things were just done differently yeah no, that's true i just could point out here uh this one papa was rolling stone uh seven seven minutes uh, 16 tracks, 1972. Ooh. I think that is definitely one for you, Jay. I, I can see your button hovering. Uh, I mean, I, I, some of the, I think, because there's loads of modern stuff, Ariana Grande and that sort of thing, but I think they get printed out as stems rather than as the raw multi-tracks. Because, I mean, I'd imagine, you know, most of the DAW sessions, it doesn't really work so much in track. I mean, you work in a channel, but then you end up bouncing things for various reasons. I don't know, Dom. Um, nice, eh? Yeah, it's one of the most exciting <laughs> things about remixing a... Uh, one of those old sort of classic tracks was getting the multi-tracks and just turning them up and hearing how other people did it kind of back in the day. And you do, Jamie's right. You learn a hell of a lot about that, um, about what's going on. I mean, the, the, the restriction on, it, it's weird, that restriction on not being able to kind of export them because anyone can export anything from stuff like that. I think, I think uh, it's crying out to be an app really, because you could restrict them nicely in the app, but you know, like literally just have your mini mixing desk on your app and just call each one of those, those in as, as a, as a, as a kind of sale that would, would be awesome. But um, I mean, you'll find that on those original things, they'll all be comped. Um, so they will really be like stems, or at least in my experience, they were always pulled down to stems and the way that they'd got, you know, the stereo backing vocals with about 30 different takes are just amazing. I just remind, I'm not sure if I've told the story before, but, but the, the Trevor Horn mixing Relax, there was a Louis Jardine who's a, who's a percussionist. Oh, yeah, legendary percussionist. Yeah. Legendary. He used to just have the best stories. And every, if ever you worked at Psalm with Trevor Horn, the tape ops just used to be walking zombies because he would be absolutely classic on kind of working and working. And then at three o'clock in the morning, he'd say, do you remember that tape we uh, we did? You recorded it with the, the rhythm section off the blockheads. It was about three months ago. Can you just go and get it and line it up? And they'd all scurry off to the tape room and line up all the tapes because in those days on the tape machines, you literally had to line up every single channel to test tones to make sure the frequency response was right. Um, but he used to keep DATs every time he did a session because for, for, for big productions like Relax, which obviously turned into be a huge success as well, it would just go all around the houses before it was finished. And he st the, 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 the day they started, he just got Louis and he said, right, I just want to keep it really simple. I have a kick and a shaker, uh, maybe a simple bass line and they put it down. 
And then they went for about four months process of Trevor didn't like that. So they got in actually the blockheads at the rhythm section that he often used. Then they went to LA and started programming it. Then they got some more live musicians in, in LA and then they went um, somewhere else and they pulled up all the tapes and they were comping them together. And finally they put this mix down and it sounded amazing. And when they walked out the room, Louis got this stat from day one and put it on and it was real X exactly the same as what they'd done when they started. He just pulled it all the way back around to the basics, lost all the live stuff, all the live bands, all the recording. So so it kind of <laughs> there must have been about 300 reel-to-reels off that session until they comped it to the end. And sometimes that would be awesome to see, some of those back catalogue kind of uh, comp reels where you've actually got individual takes and stuff that have been pulled down to the kind of bare minimum would be awesome to see. I guess. I mean, if, basically I, whenever, I, yeah. sorry, go I was going to say, like, Trevor was reaching for the faders and then he heard Don't Do It from the lyrics and he's like, yeah, he's probably right. Just like, Don't do it. <laughs> Put it all in the trash. The song actually helped him. He's like, what's this, what, what's this saying? This it's interesting. I blame, uh, I blame Trevor Horn and Peter Gabriel for influencing a whole bunch of people. When we all became kind of early... Uh, digital musicians, you know, so when Dats first came in and we were sort of throwing down loads of ideas and you had a recorder, you had somebody come in to do a session, you'd leave the Dat running the whole time. And there was this notion that somehow all of this stuff that would end up on the Dat, oh. there'd be somebody taking all these notes and you'd have like hours of stuff that somehow magically you'd go back to and, and, and resample it. all, mm. And it just, and I've got, I, I must have had hours and hours of Dats of stuff that would just, it may as well have just thrown it out. It's just complete yeah, waste of I'm, bloody I'm, time. I'm, but this is actually a modern conundrum for those out there foolhardy enough to mess with modulars because, you know, this is exactly what can happen. The endless hours of noodling to disk or whatever, the most important job that you have as a user of modular is editor. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Because you can generate all day, but can you pluck from, you know, that joyful noise, you know, meaningful, shareable nuggets or is it strictly for the creator's enjoyment? That's a very good point. I know. I know. Sorry, we well, use you, 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 yeah. you use modular stuff in your. <laughs> but I mean, in the in the media world, you have to be very disciplined. I mean, you haven't got time to spend all day messing around on a modular uh, for a music cue, right? Well, it depends. There are certain things that I know, like if I'm uh, modular can be quick or complicated. It depends what you're using. It depends how many things you're using. If it's something new or something you've had for a while. Um, a great example of this is in Black Friday. We, we, uh, my, my husband and I, because we enable each other, we went to uh, Perfect Circuit together and kind of went crazy and came back and we didn't have anything going on because it was a holiday here. Um, and I took a, I have a video because sometimes we'll stream when we're just kind of improvising on a rack. And we record every time we do that. We just have the doc completely running so that we can, you know, go back and, and do exactly what Jamie was saying is edit through the stuff that we liked. And I had made this really cool sound out of one of the new um, noise engineering modules we got. And we get it. I get it going. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, you're recording, right? And I see my husband, Steve. He's like on the other side of the rack. He looks and the thing had paused. No, it's not recording. How do we get it? We get it. Don't change it. And there's like this mass panic that just started of like trying to get it to record and not losing the sound. And like, it was awful because I know it's in, it's a new piece of equipment, probably not going to be able to get it back. We did get it back or something similar. 
But like there is this aspect of like once it's there, it could be gone and it's both exciting and terrifying. So <laughs> when I have yeah, time I have to, to like hmm. sit and just record for hours, it's fine. But yeah, on an actual deadline, it doesn't work that well. I make, uh, Let me throw, I yeah. say like, oh, sorry, I was saying banks of sounds right. that I'll go back to later. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. I just had one thing, sorry to interject. Um, it's a probably laggy affair, but um, yeah, I just, how, what do you guys think about this? I've been sort of mulling on this for a while. Like, obviously, a lot of people are f trying to work out the best way to edit. You know, I used to have a thing for my SSL where I could walk around and do the talk back as a button, right? So how about like when you're listening, say you've recorded a bunch of stuff and you think you, you're in edit mode and rather than sit there like an idiot in front of your speakers, because it's just weird to do that, you can sort of walk around the room as it's playing back and just sort of vibe with it. And you press a button essentially when you like a section. So markers. And then the computer marks it and it marks each section and it just deletes everything that you didn't like and comps together a little edit of all the bits you wanted using, say, some kind of intelligent, you know, that is that has got to be something that is so doable in modern DAWs. I mean, it's just yeah. it's it's not an impossibility at all. Dom, you and have the a should, to, you, well, sorry, I was just going to say the button should fire like off. The button what? Carry on. The button should fire off like 30 seconds before you press before. it. You see what I mean? So exactly. it buffers it. So you go, oh, I like that. Preemptive. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll yeah, really cool idea. Well, the, the Ableton, um, um, Ableton has a bit of you know, pre-record thing, doesn't it? Sorry, carry on. No, I was just going to say, I mean, that, that whole thing, a lot of live bands, when they've got the money to spend in the studio, run those kind of things like U2 and 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 that that kind of mob are always keeping stuff running because they, they they're kind of jamming out their stuff, which is not dissimilar to modular, and the fact that you can just let kind of Ableton run nicely and see what's going on. I'm sure it's, I'm sure we're not the, uh, the 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 first people with that, but you really need the luxury of someone taking notes or or your magic red archive button, um, or just someone yeah. with an amazing memory to go back over it. And also, it's never quite the same. You, that, that that kind of slightly romanticised. Yeah, that was the take. That was the awesome. You take. go back it's quite and there's rare for it to be the take, with some rare exceptions. I mean, I'm sure the one Tori lost was way better than the one she ended up with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, true. I think you have a good point though, there, um, Jamie. I think there's definitely something in the market. It, it could be just like a plug-in. You know, it's like a MIDI button. It's a, or you know, an app on your yeah. phone that's got a button on it that is just communicating via MIDI. Because a MIDI MIDI command would do it. It'd be like in out, wouldn't it? Totally. And then it would just kind of go, okay. What do you, what set of rules oh. do you want? Which tracks do you want to apply it to? Blah blah blah. Off we go, and yeah. it saves before you did that, so you've just got a comp version. That makes total sense. I think that is it's that's, so cool. Then you can walk around the room, and you wouldn't have to be like sitting in front of the computer, like because it's just not the way you listen, you know. So you want to just be walking and doing something different, and go, ah, oh, that that that's cool, you know. Like I do even with a podcast when I want to edit someone talking, I'd much rather be in the kitchen, like doing something else, and listen to the conversation and go, oh, that bit was amazing. Like I want to remember that bit. But I don't really want to, if I get too anal in front of the computer, I can, I, I find I don't listen in the same way, you know. Mm. I'm not in the same kind of spectator to the audio. I'm more in this sort of kind of scientist edit mode, something yeah, or other. Yeah, it's different brain there's space. no romance in the process. Yeah. Well, I wonder if anyway, there's a possibility. Like Sorry, go, Tori. No, you're good. I was going to say, not for a, a mobile instance, but I feel like in the studio, we use Reaper, which is open source, and we've built all kinds of like strange things for the DAW because, I mean, you can. So I'm, I'm curious if there's something that could be built within 
like a doll like that that's open source where you can connect it to something or assign it to some knob that would do exactly that. But I don't know how you would do that in like a mobile, like what Jamie's saying, like walking around. Like well, just a MIDI command. Almost like it an app be, on your phone. Yeah, Bluetooth MIDI or Wi-Fi MIDI. It's, it's yeah, really, it should be. Or, I mean, you just bounce the whole thing as an MP3 and you take it away with you and you just have it on the bus or whatever and you go, oh, yeah, that bit, that bit, that bit. And then it, even it saves it as an XML that. thing and then sends it off and, and, the, and the door just that passes was, it. That's the one. That's the vibe. I mean, anyway, anyone out there who's, um, you know, capable? I mean, the most, the coolest part <laughs> would be it automatically chops the bits and disregards the rest. So that it really does, it kind of puts them into a bank of like, you like these nuggets so that when you fancy being inspired, you don't have to go back to a two hour audio block, which is just, her, you know, horrendous. Wow, did I just come to the I've just I've, ju I've just basically joined uh, you've just after that conversation which is highly technical I decided it was time for you to leave the 70s I just realized I had color correction on your on your input because whoever oh. it was last time it was really weird color and I obviously corrected it but there you go <laughs> I, I, I can put it back if you preferred. Would you prefer I to be? I like the 70s. Okay, there you go. You're back yeah. in the secret. There you go. All right, that's fair enough. You can have it back. I think that's fair. Right, um, um, on that note, let's just uh, have a little bit of a break. We can talk to about our friends over at Isotope who are going to be giving away a copy of Ozone 9 Advanced, remember? Just watch Ooh, this and good. you'll get Worth the information. Building on a 17-year legacy in audio mastering, Ozone 9 brings balance to your mix with never-before-seen processing for low-end, real-time instrument separation, and lightning-fast workflows powered by machine learning. Expect lower CPU usage and shorter startup times with Ozone 9 compared to Ozone 8. Experience fluid metering in a fully resizable environment that lets you track the most subtle details of your audio. Use more plugins at once, mix while you master without worrying about slowdowns or dropouts. And immerse yourself in a smooth, modern experience designed to keep you in your creative flow. As you can see, Ozone 9 is the fastest way to get your master off the ground. Thank you so much for watching. Be sure to check out our other videos and head to isotope.com to learn more about mixing and mastering and to download your free trial of Ozone 9. Indeed you can. That's isotope.com. And we want to say thank you. As we're at episode 600, I mean, thanks, Isotope, because they've been providing prizes for a while now, and uh, their support is greatly, greatly uh, appreciated, as I'm sure all of you who have won. I mean, must be getting on for a high percentage of our audience, although obviously we have a massive audience, but it's, they've been doing it so long. But uh, yes, we've got a, uh, a, a competition this week. Uh, we're looking for uh, the hashtag for streaming two. Now, I'll explain that because... Uh, the Ozone 9 actually allows you to apply uh, specific processes which are designed for maybe MP3s or other kind of output devices. So that's why I thought I'd put that mm. four, that's F-O-R rather than the number four, streaming and two as in T-double-O, if that makes sense. So if you if you tweet the hashtag for streaming two, I will accept the numbers in case anyone gets confused uh, to... Uh, um, at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. via Twitter. And that's the competition. And that's our episode 600 competition. We do very much appreciate their uh, continued uh, support. And in fact, we have a winner from last week. Now, let me see. This is, uh, let me bring this one up. This is uh, somebody called Audrey Johnson. Uh, I don't know if it's a, a guy or a gal. I am not sure. Audrey is one of those names that can be either. Uh, and it's called, they are at Audrey X I N 
YI. I, why do people always make unpronounceable handles? I, <laughs> I can't say that. But anyway, Audrey Johnson, you have won. If you want to get in touch, uh, you are now due a copy of Ozone 9. Early Christmas present? Yes, indeed. That's exactly what it is. So thank you very much for entering mm. and thanks everybody for, for everything. Forever. Right. Um, right. What's next? Uh, buy multi track. Oh, yeah. We got to get this. Okay. Now, this is a, this is quite. I, I, well, I'll just play a bit. Right. No pressure. So I have a deep composer uh, keyboard here. This is uh, Dr. And Matt Wood at Amazon. What I'm going to do uh, is play a simple melody. Rally. We'll send that melody up to the cloud and we'll generate a complete song. So this is the new right. um, no deep composer hardware keyboard that actually communicates directly with massive AI cloud. Okay, so he's playing, obviously, something fairly... Is this uh, Ode to Joy? I think it is. Yeah. Right. Skip that. Isn't this beautiful? So this is, the, this is what the cloud came up with. And this is all of Amazon's supercomputing power, which Sonic State uh, uses as its backbone as well. Okay, so we get onto that bit. Let's take a look. And then he gets on to. Let's take a look. That sounds better, actually. I like that. Amazing. And we worked with you using the accompaniment. Where's he gone? Right, so now we've got. What's his name? His name is Jonathan Coulton, who has joined in. He basically collaborated with AI. This song is a cautionary deep composer. There's a science fiction short story about collaborating with an artificial intelligence. I have a feeling he's maybe not 100% on board with the concept. I wrote a song with a robot in Vegas. Now I'm a brain in a jar. Started a band with some robots in Vegas. One could play the MIDI guitar. We had some hits and we got bang, bang. I'm fast forwarding because I want you to hear what happens at the end. Ready? Mm. Thank you very much. Yeah. It was shit, basically, and I don't mind saying that. But, <laughs> I mean, the song is obviously a great quirky songwriter, but the accompaniment, so the, the idea, so basically Amazon uh, entering the kind of AI musical uh, side of things. Google have been doing it for a long time. Amazon have got an enormous amount of computing power and presumably, you know, clever scientists and whatnot. Um, and it's really funny, actually, because uh, I, I thought, is it just me? I mean, am I just being really cynical about this? And is it, is, it, is it actually all right? Is it acceptable? But then uh, there was there was a BBC article about it as well, uh, which uh, is uh, um, it's on the BBC website. And it just basically said, uh, it's awful. I don't think it sounds any good. What a terrible example. And that was from a musicologist. So I feel, you know, I'm in good company in my... But, that the wider concept. I mean, this is a, a, Tori. You saw this as well. I mean, you know, no, you are a, a skillful working musician who could, with your eyes closed, probably with one finger, with your, you know, with headphones on, not hearing what you're doing, come up with something better than that. I mean, you know, you'd think if you were going to do that, why not make it good? You know, I have like. <sighs> 
I have a couple different feelings on this. When I look at it from like a tech perspective, I'm like, I, I like where this is going. I think it's cool. It could lead to different things. But obviously as a musician, you're just like, this is something that's A, trying to put me out of a job and B, it's not doing a very good job of it. And I just, I, I'm like shocked that Amazon decided to use that as their example. Yeah, like that's surely they tested reveal. this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just feel like if like, I was prepared to be shook by this and I was yeah. not, which I'm pleasantly happy about. I don't want, you know, AI coming to take, I work in a lot of advertising. So I feel like that's the first music that's probably going to go um, when, you know, AI uh, composing maybe starts to take over. But, you know, I was prepared to be a little scared by this. You think Amazon, you think, you know, billions of dollars behind this thing. And the fact that that's what they put out, I was like, okay, yeah. maybe I can, you know, hold on to my job for a little bit longer. I think I think maybe they they need a new project manager. I don't know about you. Maybe someone who's got some musical kind of I don't know chops. It's interesting, Jamie. I mean, you're you know, you know that's what you do as well. You know, you, you and we've talked at make, make music like that. Well, no, not maybe, but <laughs> no, create. You don't create. You create music very much better than that, which is not algorithmic. What's there? I mean, we've talked about how AI could be useful in production. You know, making the boring stuff. You know, like maybe helping you comp your takes or whatever. Yeah. You, I, what what surprises me about this is just how bad it was. I mean, why, why? I mean, and honestly, it was really funny because he was, uh, uh, what's his name, Doctor Matt uh, Matt Wood. He was kind of going, you know, this is the next bet, and everyone was going, woo, you know, doing that kind of Apple keynote speech thing. And then when they actually heard what it came up with, it was like, yeah. <laughs> so what? Why? Why? I mean, I'm glad that they didn't, but. What I just don't understand how that even got yeah. to be a thing. Well, I was lucky enough to speak to Richard Devine on episode 57 of the podcast, and he directed me to a chap called William Fields, which, if you're not familiar with his work, is unbelievably good, and it's all generated as AI. So, yeah. You should, uh, that is what we need to check out because who, who, whatever that guy's doing, and I'm going to interview him for the pod soon. I just chat with him, and it's amazing. It is crazy, and so yeah, I think it's funny to think that that guy is <laughs> essentially shitting on a massive company with all of their resources who've made a fantastically poor looking keyboard. What did he call that thing? That little it's called the deep controller. composer. Uh, it's, uh, I've deep got the facts composer. here. It's, it will be available in the US only to begin dollars. with uh, from early 2020 and cost 99 bucks or 76 quid. So, I mean, you get, yeah, you get a MIDI, deep. a MIDI keyboard at the very least, but you also get it to hook up an auto accompany that. Kind. And I mean, I suppose the, yeah. imp the only impressive thing, if I can say about the demo was, it took like a second, you know, he played the melody and then bang, it came straight back. I mean, I guess that's something, True. right? You, you don't need cloud I, I want something really bad that. and I want it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've got you, literally don't, you don't need all that computing. You're not demonstrating the computing. You're demonstrating the complete lack of understanding of how to, to make music. I mean, you could do that quite easily with one PC. You know, the way they're doing AI is they're feeding it examples of, like, like here's 50 different bass lines from tracks of the kind of tracks that we're going to feed into it. Here's 50 different guitar lines. 
um, here's a tempo that the, the computer can listen to the audio, work out the the, the um, keys as it goes through against time, and it can spurt out a random sample from those bass lines merged together. There's this stuff you can do really quickly, and, easy, and it will sound like that. It'll sound awful. Oh, I don't, hold I don't on. Understand. I've got a comment. There's a comment here. Uh, Auto machine, uh, uh, Atom Machine says, I have a deep composter in the garden, which I will throw stuff in, <laughs> which I think actually may well work better. Uh, I mean, what's, I don't understand what's what's going on in that. Somebody looked at that and they just decided that it was it was a good example of how computers could compose music so that either normally that would be if i tried to write a program that wrote poetry and thought ah, it's not half bad and then people who actually knew about poetry explained to me why it was utter rubbish but in this case it's obviously utter rubbish before you even everybody start. can so, hear uh, it Apart it's, from it's, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, However, um, it is possible to do some some really good stuff. Um, as as you know, the William the William Field stuff that was was mentioned, you can do some really really interesting compositions by literally getting a computer to to mash together loads and loads of examples and work out for itself what a musician might do faced with this chord structure at this tempo, with these kind of musical elements going on. Um, and and just like the drum machine, it's not going to take over from drummers. It's just a different way of doing things. And it's all we already see it applied to things like mixing with the ozone stuff, um, listening to the sonics and suggesting, okay, well the bass isn't deep enough, or there's too much treble here, or actually, you know, this drop is too low, too high. That those kind of things are useful. They 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 add to the tools, um, and it's quite interesting where you when you take say a plugin that can produce random so so say say you've got a random generator in a modular um that's just firing out some random notes and it's obviously random if you can apply some ai to that randomness that says actually do you know what if i played it on guitar the scale would be more based around this and also uh, follow this chord structure and also look back on the on the last 10 years of blues songs that you've got in the library and make it sound like blues and you at that point you don't know what the computer's going to do because it's just calling up a, a, a load of list of stuff that it has um categorized so so it works a lot lot better than a lot lot better than that in, in all sorts of things but that that to me is just like way worse than you could possibly imagine i mean you could you could forgive it if it was just like a pretty average kind of sounding thing but that is that's just so substandard as to be appalling. i know sure i mean uh, th there was a baseline uh there was one point in the baseline <laughs> where yeah where I, you probably fire that guy because it's like no there's too yeah. many notes there. i think the interesting thing is and probably the scary thing is that probably since that video was aired the ai has learned so much that it's probably improved a huge magnitude <laughs> and will probably you know and can continue to do without any kind of nobody actually has to do the work you know as long as they're putting the right stuff for it to learn in and it's yeah, learning it's, in the right way but we should watch garbage out, garbage out. Out. sorry sorry i was, I was just going to say it's garbage in garbage out because that, that that probably happened because you got the tempo of the tune wrong so it double time the baseline <laughs> simple stuff like that so if it can't work out if you're not feeding it stuff you're on stage it's probably got some foldback feed of the of the, the tape up or something telling what's going on so it couldn't get the tempo right um probably inside it, it you know it's it's just got the wrong the wrong person putting the intelligence mm. in i know it sounds weird if you've got the wrong kind of intelligence <laughs> is, if you just you feed a in a whole bunch of, of crap mm, yeah. then you'll just get a whole bunch of crap out if you feed in a whole bunch of, of um archived material which is all collectively brilliant and you sparkle on sprinkle on top some kind of really nice uh, musical people that you like to say, well, this is good because, and this is good because, and actually that's a great song, but that bass line sucks. Then suddenly you've got 
good artificial intelligence, which is based on years of experience intelligence of musicians. Mm -hmm. And that's that's yeah. the way it has to work. Yeah. I'll yeah, this agree. seems like an, an instance of where suits that know nothing of music were making decisions as opposed to bringing consultants that might have actually, I don't know that the product is necessarily bad. It's just how they chose to utilize mm -hmm. the product. Like I was just expecting so much more and I feel like I maybe once it's out or they'll do something else that will be like, oh, psych, this was, you know, this thing. But now we've actually talked to real people that, you know, can help us and point us in the right direction. It well, just that, feels I like mean, people that. Oh, that, will, that will happen. I'm sure of it. I mean, you know, once you ramp up that kind of, you know, whatever it is, the meat grinder, you know, the code grinder, it will just be, it will just be, you know, okay, we need to pour some different stuff in it. You know, then, then it will come up with other things, you know, so. I suppose. But yeah, you, I, I think it's just what's so flabbergasting about that is how did that even get signed off? You know, why didn't they wait till they got a better example? I mean, that's I suppose that's the thing. It's because, I mean, almost anything else. I mean, the, the Roland's Jupiter XM I arpeggiator does better than that. Mm. <laughs> so, mm. you know, well, the Casio, yeah. you know, the Casio things from the seventies that obviously Jamie or knows well Arranger the, or any the of auto the auto yeah. rhythm generating stuff is is better than that. You know, crazy. Yeah, but it's how it's done. You see, it's the AI part. That's the that's the <laughs> fancy business. Yeah, it's really it's it's yeah. Anyway, it's more blockchain. More blockchain. That's probably it. <laughs> I wanted to throw that in there. I, know, I didn't mean to do because, like you, Tori, I was like, because I just got people sent me a link and I thought, oh, God, Amazon doing it. This is going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really so not. Anyway, never mind. Uh, perhaps uh, this will get us back into some Christmas cheer instead. Spitfire. On Merry Winter's Morning, our again. very own Santa Claus of Sound, Harry Wilson. Went into Spitfire Studio and recorded nice some Christmas playoffs. jumper there. Brimming with festive cheer, this is what they sound like. And because creativity shouldn't be complicated, we've turned it into this. And best of all, it's free. Which, as with all of their stuff, is I mean, I, I wonder. I mean. I wonder how much variate variance and uh, other stuff there is uh, that would you you that just a sleigh bell sample might actually pick up. I mean, maybe there are short, long ones, shaky ones, whatever. That would be good, you know. Because sometimes I've I've actually used sleigh bells in um, number one records. In fact, I in fact I, I know I have, and that's that. There's something about that sort of shape so if you get it to the right thing it's sort of it's it's like a kind of it's like hey that's not a tambourine what's that oh it's a sleigh bell they they could work so i mean maybe it'd be very useful i don't know um uh yeah, this man. really was a, was a plug for the Spitfire thing, which is great. It's, it's, there's some really good ones. Actually, some of their Spitfire labs have become really classic, yeah. actually, like the soft piano, fantastic things. This was a bit a bit sort of Christmassy, sort of slightly fun, but it was kind of what's the library instrument that you need that you can't Ooh. find anywhere, assuming it's not sleigh bells? Oh, God, you really put me on the spot there. Um, woodblock. <laughs> It could be. It could be. I wonder because some because sometimes because the thing is sometimes you know you think oh I just need it's, it's like shakers you know they're they're really hard. You get you get sort of simple ones and they're always the wrong the loops the wrong tempo or the feels wrong you know that we've talked about that before actually we talked about that Tori uh, with what was that thing that was on last week which was the controller which we could use as a shaker maybe yeah oh, amazing combination. which I found out is velocity uh, sensitive I asked them after we had that whole long conversation about that thing. Yeah, yeah. It has, it's, you know, so it's a fun shape. little thing. It's, it's this, 
I feel the same way about that as I do with this. I think it's, well, I feel a little better about these. I mean, all the labs that they do, they're free and not everybody can afford super expensive samples. Some of Spitfire stuff is very pricey, although it's great. Um, I think it's cool that they're putting out these free little instruments. I mean, yeah, it's fun. They were like, oh, let's do something for the holiday. I don't I don't see any. I, it's fun. Oh, no, I don't, I, know. I don't no, know if I, I really ever needed it. I know exactly. I don't know if there's. I'm, I'm, for me, it was kind of like I'm glad it's there. I just wondered if because I mean, do you do you use a lot of libraries in what you're doing, or do you tend to work from sort of scratch more? I do both. Uh, it totally depends on the project. I mean, I actually I score films for Hallmark, and there's a Christmas in those, so you know this could actually be very useful to me. But <laughs> yeah, it yeah. completely depends. Okay. It depends on schedule. Same like how we were talking about with modular. It just depends how much time you have. If I have you know, unlimited time, I'll sit and, you know, I like making weird sounds with a cello. There's one back there all the time. And I'll sit and I'll record and I'll mess around and I'll hit it with stuff. And when I have the time to do that, if I don't have the time to do that, I'll find, you know, audio on splice that someone's already done that I can mess with or use as a starting point or samples. It's all comes down to time for me. I would always rather record live musicians if I can, but there's some stuff that you just can't you just do can't, on your you own. Do right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Dom, I'm guessing, I mean, Dom is uh, actually a co-writer of a bona fide Christmas hit. Did that have sleigh bells on it? It definitely did. Sleigh bells changed my life. I mean, I was lucky enough to write a song with uh, <laughs> There's the Tony Mortimer. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, honestly, That's incredible, honestly, yeah. With, with Tony Mortimer and a guy called Rob Keane. And we, we had a week to write an album for a band called East 17 in the 90s. And uh, so with one member of the band, Tony. Who, who's fronted the whole thing. We, we we just did 10 songs in 10 days. And the first song that we did was a song called Stay Another Day, which wasn't a Christmas song. I'm quite proud to have uh, have written a song, which then ended up being number one for five weeks at Christmas at that, at that time of year. So Christmas is good in this house because lots and lots of um, kind of versions of that tune come out. Um, and it's out this, it's 25 years, actually, this Christmas, 25 years. And it's out this uh, year uh, for charity raising money for mental health. So please do go out and stream it or whatever, um, buy it, because it's a very, very good cause. But um, but that wasn't a Christmas song, but it was quite ballady. It was the ballad of the album. And then Phil Harding and Ian Kernow, who are just stunning producers, got a hold of the the tapes that we'd been working on, and, and they put sleigh bells on the end. And, uh, and it just became a Christmas song. They did a nice snowy video. And uh, it came in about number three or something. And then the week before Christmas, I was told it was going to midweek for number one. So it was just like astonishing. So, uh, put, so yeah, sleigh bells, bells on, for though? Some of this, did they put the sleigh bells on? They put the sleigh bells on because we did it in the summer. Uh, it was amazing. No one really <laughs> wanted to do any work, to be honest. Tony Mortimer just bought a new Range Rover. It was really hot outside. The, the, the studio we were using was really sweaty. So we just, you know, banged a song down every day. I think partly because of that, it's got, it was so good because we just had the vibe of, uh, it was just a really good time to be working. The vibe came across. And yeah, so, so I'd kind of like forgotten about it, to be honest. I knew the album was due out. And then I got... Um, a pre-release copy and it would been stickered saying include stay another day and i thought well that sounds good that means stay another day will probably be a single that sounds like they've already decided what the first single is going to be because i've got publishing and everything on it and that'd be great and then suddenly it just exploded um and it fitted perfectly but there are there are a few christmas number ones which aren't christmas songs and i quite uh, i quite like that that fact that it, it wasn't a christmas wasn't about christmas it wasn't set down to be let's let's write a christmas song um, I've got, so yeah, as, indeed. Because Slaybell's paid for my house, really. You know, so this is all. This is all good. Um, I wonder. I, I was, wonder. Sorry, carry on. I wonder. Okay, can any song be Christmasified by adding Slaybell's? Is there? Is there no song that if you just put Slaybell's on it, it could be 
Christmassy. And I a wintry wonder, video. A re- a re- you have to have a wintry NWA, video. NWA, like some kind of NWA song. Do you think it's a really yeah. hardcore NWA or public enemy no. with sleigh bells? If you put sleigh bells on, would it be Christmassy? I think that'd be I'll a very interesting... Yeah. Or something. I, I, my finger's not fast enough to hit the beat button. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, what I was going to gonna say, nice. sorry, was um, the, to answer the question is back to Louis Jardine and his percussion. He used to turn up with these enormous flight cases of the most weird and wonderful percussion instruments I've ever seen. In fact, he sometimes used the boxes as percussion because if you drop them, they made the most <laughs> amazing kind of percussion noise. But that that kind of um, that kind of group of cabasses, shakers, uh, triangles. Um, and uh, that's about it, isn't it? Trabasses, shakers, triangles, the top-endy stuff, because you can get so many different kind of shakers. If you can get a groove going in the top end with a combination of those kind of panned around out the speakers, and obviously none of those sounds are ever the same, so there's lots of different types of shakers, lots of different types of cabasses, yeah, all yeah, the rest yeah. of it. then those are the ones that you're looking for. And to find, you might find the groove on one on, on a, a cabasa loop, for example, and it sounds great, but then fitting other things around it is really, really hard. And it made me realise working with real percussionists like that, how yeah, important that man. is, because you just, you just uh, they're just playing and they're locked in the groove, you can pan everything around, so you're just true, sitting man. in this kind of surround sound of percussion and it's really really nice so so that is just something it's almost impossible to recreate almost impossible to recreate if you're trying to do it you know even yeah. just buy something Amazon keep your hands off the cabata yeah, yeah. Maybe. can you imagine I mean, it's, really, it's, it's true <laughs> maybe I mean, midi, midified, <laughs> midified sleigh bells it basically there's a couple of things if Amazon had replaced every sound in that terrible example with the sleigh bell Polyphonic, <laughs> just pure yeah. sleigh bells, the whole arrangement. I mean, that, that would have been all right. And and also, you know, I just want to say you're so right, man. Like I was listening to Sue. We are doing a session yesterday. I, I randomly had a playlist of Cuban music that uh, is amazing. And one of the songs is just like, it's just shaker and then it's conga and, and you know, and bass. And it's just amazing and i'm just thinking i can just imagine like these old couples like grooving and just like loving this and there's no kick there's nothing there's none of the signifiers that we use to go come on everyone dance you know it's just like sweet and it's all around the pocket and it's kind of busy but it's like just bubbling and it's full of humanity dare i say amazon fucking humanity sorry (laughs) add some labels to that um but um yeah that's what we need there's a really good piece by Nick Cave. Oh, sorry. Go. Oh, I was going to say, I want to know, like, a challenge of, you know, what Christmas or what songs with sleigh bells are not about Christmas. Like, how many of those <laughs> yeah, yeah. exist? Okay, I've got one. Well, because uh, I, I, I did a remix of Lorena McKennett, uh, Mama's Dance, which I suppose is Christmassy, but it wasn't out of Christmas, and that has sleigh bells in it. I think sleigh bells, if you're going to place, also sleigh bells, if you're going to play sleigh bells, they're very forgiving, aren't they? Because they're sort of sloppy. There's no kind of, there's no real kind of percussive element to them unless you're really kind of moving them wildly. They're sort of shh, 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 shh. So maybe you don't have to be all that good to be a a sleigh bell. Uh, What's that? A sleigh bell? busy this year. I'm trying to, yeah. Get the sleigh bell guy in. We need need the sleigh bell guy. (laughs) <laughs> Who's the slave? Yeah, wonder what that works. Who the slave? The current hot favorite? Is there a, a uh, current um, LA sleigh bell specialist that you can call, Tori, <laughs> when you need one? 
Honestly, there is somebody that I would call for that. I've called the same person to do bucket drumming for me, spoon playing. Like, I have a friend that is like the weird percussion dude. And I'm sure if I was like, can you come and do some odd tempo sleigh bells? He'd be like, yeah, I'll be over in 10. And he'll have like them in his car already. Like, there's that's a guy named Hal Rosenfeld, if anyone ever needs a weird percussionist. We, I, we got I, him. I, <laughs> I would, in my mind, he should show up in a cart pulled by reindeer for that session. <laughs> Absolutely. And never okay. during Christmas, Why only on the mind? off season. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is getting uh, random. Um, but yes, uh, the sleigh bells. <laughs> sleigh bells are good. Uh, and so if you want to get hold of those, but yeah, just general percussion, live percussion. And and they're a dying breed. I, you know, they're not mm. dying breed. They're, they're less because everybody thinks I could just program that kind of kibasa part on my, you know, my millions of sample libraries. But they're never, it's like, it's like Foley and footsteps. They're never right. You know, you have to record them properly okay. or there has to be something much more complicated going on in the in the vibe of it to get the, the the human feel and the difference i agree with you there jamie definitely amazing imagine that beautiful future that we live in everything else is digital but the humans are just playing bongos just playing <laughs> along with the computer like don't worry AI, we've got you i know you can't do this stuff yet but just check this little you know <laughs> give me the, hey give me the, hey hammer those sleigh bells you know i'll show you a few things google Amazon, yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 heartening that we kind of go back to our most primitive instruments, our earliest expression in a way, and sort of like that's clearly going to be something ultra human. So maybe going forward, we just need to kind of accentuate the human as we all slowly feel more and more inadequate in the face of. Uh, you know, naughty tech. Well, but it'll be the same thing when it was like in the 80s when everybody was using drum machines, you'd get the drummer to play a live hi-hat yeah. over the top of it. <laughs> It'd be yeah, like, we go right back exactly. to that. It'll be the sleigh bells yeah. this time. Though. That's <laughs> that Jonathan Coulton song would could have been improved and with a with a, if you had somebody next to him with a set of sleigh bells, that would have been that. It would we wouldn't have cared. It wouldn't have sounded so rubbish. Anyway, we should ramble on about this for a long time, or I have rambled on for a long time about this. Um, so let's I think it's probably time to wrap things up. I know there are a couple of extra topics but i want to thank my guests ever so much for joining us uh, it's been great fun before we go uh let me put uh the uh isotope competition up there one more time just so that if you didn't get it the first yeah. time you could join uh that's winning isotope ozone 9 advanced fantastic uh, mixing and mastering uh tool we're looking for the hashtag for streaming two that's the word for as in for streaming and the word two as in t-o-o i should have thought about that really that's almost impossible to get right <laughs> And the hashtag Ozone9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. Thank you very much indeed. And to our guests, uh, Mr. Jamie Liddell, thank you very much. I forgot thank to you. plug your podcast, actually, because uh, you, oh, you've been yes. going great guns with that. What's next? On your show, well, yeah, I've got a couple of of couple of goodies. I mean, I, I shouldn't let the cat out of the bag, really, but I've interviewed uh, Academy Award winner Andrew Wyatt, and that will be coming up on a forthcoming show, amongst other things. I've got a lot of good guests, and uh, yeah, I just keep going. I keep kind of traveling the world. I'm actually going to be doing a live pod in London. Ooh. Uh, coming up, I'll, I'll give details about that as well. But thanks so much for my Jamie uh, Little Music, isn't it? It's is the uh, is it is that yeah. the place? JamieLittleMusic.com. Yep, That's absolutely. it. I'm just going to throw it up there. So this is uh, so hanging out with audio files. There we go. And yep. uh, so yes, episode fifty nine. Gosh, so we're almost in sync by yeah, a factor see. of ten. That's awesome, isn't it? <laughs> Fantastic. I know. I'm just yeah. 
Yeah, Brilliant. Well, thank you very well, much well for joining done. us, Jamie. It's been a pleasure. And also, yep. uh, Tori Letzler, thank you for joining us and uh, and getting up early and being in the studio uh, and get all that crosstown traffic. Thank you very much. And uh, I guess you've got to now. What you, you got to have you got? I hope your spotting session goes well and you can remain diplomatic in the face of adversity. I know how it can go sometimes. Oh, always. <laughs> always have to remain diplomatic. <laughs> Excellent. Well, maybe that that's another story for another time when perhaps it didn't go like that. That would be awesome. <laughs> for the memoirs, perhaps. I, I'm sure that's never happened. And, of course, Mr. Dominic Hawken there with your fancy you. lens and your fancy camera and your fancy <laughs> studio. Thanks very much for joining us, too. It's been a great fun, as ever. Um, that was episode 600. My God. Congratulations, yeah. Well done. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Uh, we'll see you all next time. We'll cut to our little uh, Celebrity Squares shot for the final hurrah. We'll see you all next time. Oh, wow. Thanks very much for watching. See you later. Bye-bye now.